The Book of Gleanings, also known as the Book of Conception. Chapter 1 Maya and Lila. This was formerly called the Book of Conception and said to be the first book of the Bronze Book. It concerns man's conception of the true God in olden days during the struggle back towards the light. Once all men were dark and hairy, and in those days, woman was tempted by the strength and wildness of the beasts which dwelt in the forest, and the race of man was defiled again. Therefore, the Spirit of God was wrathful against woman, for hers was the responsibility to reject the beasts within and without, that she might bring forth children of the light to walk in the light, for in man there is beast and God, and the God walks in light, and the beast walks in darkness. Now, because of the wickedness that was done, there are among men those who are the children of the beast, and they are a different people. The race of man alone was punished, for the beast acted according to its nature. In man, the beast and God strive to decide whether he shall take his place among the gods that live or the beasts that die. And woman, in her weakness, betrayed him to the beast. Men struggle daily with the beast and wrest their living from the soil, their day being encompassed with strife and toil. So women bring forth children with suffering, and because they are frail, their husbands rule over them. Man is conceived in the womb of woman, and she brings him forth to life. Therefore, when God raised man up from among the beasts, choosing him as his heir and endowing him with an immortal spirit, he placed a veil over the portals of life. This, that woman should not forget, she is unlike all other living creatures, and the trustee of a divine mission. For a woman not only gives life to a mortal being, she also bears a spark of divinity to earth, and there can be no greater responsibility. The eye that sees earthly things is deceitful, but the eye that sees spiritual things is true. Then, because of the things that happened, the great eye that saw truth was closed, and henceforth men walked in falsity, unable to perceive truth. He saw only that which deceived him, and so it shall be until his awakening. Verse 7. Not knowing God, man worshipped earth who mothered him and supplied his needs. God was not displeased, for such is the nature of children. But when no longer children, they must put aside childish things. Nor, having blinded them, he was wrathful that they could not see. For God is above all else understanding. The face of a good father is stern, and his ways are hard, for fatherly duty is no light burden, 
but his heart is ruled by compassion. His children walk in truth and uprightness. Their feet do not wander, nor are they willful and wayward. Man is born of mud, sun, and spirit. In the days of conception, the Spirit of God impregnated the receptive earth, and she brought forth her children. Then came man who walked like a little child, but God took him in his hand and taught him to walk in the uprightness of God. Verse 9. A race of men came out of the cold Northlands. They were under a wise father, and above them was the grand company, which later withdrew in disgust. This race was the children of God. They knew truth and lived in the midst of peace and plenty. The children of men about them were wild and savage, clothed in the skins of beasts. They lived like beasts. Even more wild were the men of Zamat, who lived beyond them. Among the children of God, woman had equality with man, for her counsels were known to be wise. She heard with understanding, and her speech was considered. In those days, her words were weighed, for then her tongue did not rattle in her head like seed in a dried pot. Woman knew that though man could subdue her with his strength, he was weak in his desire for her, and his weakness lay her power. And in those days, it was used wisely. It was the foundation of the people. The race was good, but because of its goodness, it was destined to be smitten, for only the good vessel is worthy of the fire. It is burnt, that its shape may be set and its design endure. The path of peace is not the path of progress. The people were not governed by princes or by statutes, but wise men sat in council. They had only a code of conduct and a moral tradition binding each one to the others in the symmetrical web of life. Those who transgressed the code and tradition were deemed to be unworthy of life among the people and were banished into exile. Among the children of men, woman was a chattel. She was subject to man, an object for the satisfaction of his lust and the servant to supply his needs. He subdued her and kept her in servitude, for her betrayal of man was known even among them, and it was never forgotten, nor could it be forgiven. The children of God valued woman highly and protected her from crudeness and cruelty, and her standing was such that she was awarded only to the most worthy of men. They held her in respect, for to them she was the fountain of life within their race, the designer of its future. Yet even so, they had to restrict her, for she was inclined to be willful and unheeding of her responsibility. The people flourished, and from generation to generation grew in stature and comeliness. They were the rising tidewaters of mankind, surging towards its destiny. The right of a man to mate was decided according to his standard of thought, his uprightness, 
the manner in which he upheld the code and tradition in his dealings with man and woman. The fittest men could choose a mate among all women, but lesser men could seek only among the less desirable according to a known standard. To some, having only the outward appearance of men, no mate was given, while the noblest of men could take additional ones from among the ranks of lesser women. Thus, the race ever tended to improve to accord with its design. Verse 15. The council of the people knew well the strength of a man's desire for women. The force of the urge was not wasted, for their forebears had harnessed it to the vehicle which carried their race to greatness above all others, the race which could properly channel the forces contained within itself was ready to control the forces beyond itself. The greatest forces man can harness to his benefit are those lying within himself, but the underlying strength of the people lay in the morality of its women, for this was the strength that governed because it was the safeguard for something of value. Men strive for gold and value it because it is something not easily attained. If gold could be gathered by the handful, men would scorn it. Its power is in its scarcity. Then it happened that one man became arrogant in the strength of his manhood and pride of place. His thoughts inclined towards himself rather than towards the welfare of the people. He scorned the old ways, declaring the code and tradition an unnecessary burden laid on the backs of men. He said, why should we carry the burden of things which have come down to us from our fathers? How do we know they walked with wisdom? How can we say that what was good for them is good for us? Because of his unruly speech in wayward ways, the council banished him for a time. Had he had remained apart, his heart would have been humbled in wisdom. But among the children of God, there was a woman, one of the most desirable and fair, who interceded for him, so he might return to dwell among them, it being in their code that the wayward could always regain their place. The woman sought him out in the wilderness, and coming upon him, said, Though, because of my heart, you appear to me as the finest of men, in the eyes of the elders you are unworthy to claim me. Therefore, I have spoken for you. Now, come, go before them yourself, and say, The wilderness has changed your ways. By doing so, you will find favor with the council, and perchance I may become your mate. The strength encourage i admire place you high in the regard of men and in favor with the elders but your wayward and inconsiderate spirit is unworthy of your body though you find favor in the eyes of the young and foolish women who see only the outwardness of your body and thereby become more foolish the eyes of the wise women see your naked spirit and are not deceived therefore Disregard the glances of foolish maidens and carry yourself well. Act in such a manner that you find favor in the sight of the wise women. And said she, Am I not Maya, the most desirable of women, one whom all men seek? 
yet will I remain reserved only for you. Therefore, be not unworthy of me. Verse 18. The man came out of the wilderness and wastelands. He went before the council of wise women and said, What must I do that I may have this woman for a mate? For I desire her above all things, even above my own life. For her, I will become the most worthy of men among the people. Her standard being high, I may not possess her otherwise. The wise women answered him, saying, For so long shall you conduct yourself in this manner. And they set him a time and a task, that it should be well. The task was to be done with heart as well as deed. But the man accepted it gladly, his heart not in that day, but in the days to come. The council and the elders said, What the wise women have done is good. It will be well into the people's benefit. 